All right, we got a lot of info. Let's go for it. A year to pet. <laughs> Already fucked up. A year from now is an independent podcast with a strange rollout. Basically, it's a pay-as-you-go model. I make five or six episodes, then gather some more money so I can take time off to make the next five or six episodes. Each batch requires about two thousand dollars to make. Basically, I take off work for a month, live like a hermit, and edit for about thirty days straight. Check the show's socials to see how much more money we need to make the next batch of episodes. I have 35 episodes planned and seven batches of them, and they are amazing stories. Beautiful people have given me so much to be able to learn from their experiences, all that stuff. So hit it up. Please help out. Thank you very much. Also, the music used in the show is done by Dawview, a YouTube channel that I take part in. We do this experimental song creation thing. Uh, we make a song in less than an hour. It's very cool. Uh, link in show notes. Check it out if you like. Okay, time for the show. Today's main story is about someone who suffers from headaches from a traumatic brain injury. And one thing that really bothers her is just not knowing if the headaches will get better or worse. The pandemic, part of the stress of it is the whole not knowing. When will it end? We all kind of, well, I don't know. I presume we all had our own signs of when it would end. Okay, happy end of the pandemic. In 2021, I had one myself. Kind of laughing to myself because it has not ended at all. It's March uh, 22nd, 2021. <laughs> Far from over, more people died in 2021 than in 2020 in the U.S. But what did happen today is last spring at around this time, we, we went into lockdown and I noticed that our knives were kind of dull and I had been putting off getting them sharpened. Like it was on my to-do list and then New York City went into lockdown. And so I figured, the way I will celebrate the end of the lockdown is get the knives sharpened. But the knives just kept getting duller and duller and the year kept going on. We passed six months and then there was the second wave and then there was a third wave. And knives kept getting duller and duller. I tried to cut my bread with the knives and they'd be so dull that I would like be smushing, smushing the bread. The bread, which I made because we ran out of yeast in the spring and I, so I learned how to make sourdough bread. Pandemic cliche that I took part in. And then... Today, Lacey, my roommate, she noticed that the neighborhood knife sharpener, well, actually a lot of people's neighborhoods, very Brooklyn thing, goes around a little knife sharpening truck, I think. She noticed he was around and she took our knives, ran downstairs, out to the street. This time traveling knife sharpener from like the 1800s. <laughs> and I'm not petty. I don't blame her for not remembering me talking about this, but part of me does feel like a little bit bummed. I've been waiting for to take these knives, sharpen them without a mask on, the return of our communal existence. I was looking forward to that. So now I have to make up a new ritual. How, how will the pandemic end for me? The knives are sharp. I've had a lot of endings in my head. When I leave the house and I think, do I have my keys and phone instead of, do I have my keys and phone and mask? 
I recorded that voice memo at a women's shelter where I worked. We had moved into a hotel. Oh, sorry. Right, Would the pandemic end when we moved back to the permanent shelter? Did you pick up on Friday? Huh? The clearest ending for me was the pandemic would be over when I didn't wear a mask on the bus. But unfortunately, the pandemic didn't end when the deaths did. but instead one of patients for them did. Knowing when something is going to end is very important. Think of a hot tub. Knowing that you'll get out of it in 10 minutes changes it from like a torture experience to a relaxing one. Today's main story is about a 20-something named Laura who had a traumatic brain injury as a teenager and she suffers from headaches. And there's a chance that those headaches will recede or not. She told me not knowing if they'll go away is at times worse than the headaches themselves. A pandemic or personal injury endings can be helpful. Even the end of that song felt nice. But we're at the beginning of the episode. Laura reached out through the A Year From Now hotline. It's Matthew from A Year From Now. I can't wait to hear your voice. My name is Laura. Um, I suffered a traumatic brain injury October 9th of 2013. We met in a park in Brooklyn. Can you imagine life without impediments? without headaches? I don't, that's like another thing where it's just like, I don't recognize myself. I'm like, I have this idea of who I was before all this, like things I could do, but now is that just me forever? Like, is, am I, is this me? Like this stuck in a, I'm always in pain, but I'm still pushing through it. And I push myself too much, I know that. But is this just me? Am I now just the girl who's always in pain? Has that gotten worse in time? So in 2013, that's when you had your injury? I got my injury in 2013 in October. And um, I was out, I was in high school. I was a junior in high school. I was basically out of school for four months. Can we go back to the actual accident? Are you okay talking about that? Yeah. Um, the thing about it is like, I don't really remember it. What happens is like, it was such a script that I'd have to repeat doctor after doctor in person. Uh -huh. I just like I remember what I say now of what happened. <laughs> I don't like actually remember anything of that night. But I was um I was part of a youth group. There's a bug in my face. I was part of a youth group and we were playing a game and those river wrap tubes are like the big black tubes and they're heavy. Yeah. So it was like capture the flag, but it's like you have to get as many tubes as you can to your side and like you're running around and trying to grab them. <laughs> and someone either took it and they either elbowed me or they took the thing and it hit me in the nose, in the face, and then I hit my head on the back, on uh, the cement. The, the hit yeah, that they, like, and hit then the me. concrete was what did the damage. Yeah, and I was like really out of it when it first happened, I think. And then 
I, they were doing prayers and I started just like screaming. Oh wait, I'm sorry. So that happened and and everyone was like, "You okay?" But there wasn't it wasn't bleeding. Yeah. Okay. And then so my mom was there that night, and she took me home and she called my doctor and they just thought my sinuses had to flare up. So they didn't do anything and they put me to bed. And after like you have a head injury, you're not supposed to go to sleep for like eight hours. But yeah, I went to bed. Hi. Uh um, on, on your message, when you called the, the hotline... My name is Laura. Um, I suffered a traumatic brain injury. Um, my... Um, I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't... It was... It, I had it. Um, sorry. What were you going through? You sounded really... Uh, emotionally affected uh, I just came back I just left uh, Mount Sinai I was at a doctor's appointment and I started doing um, nerve blockers recently because of the pain and I got a bill for like over $200 and I, they were like hiding all the deductibles from me and like I'd be owing a lot of money and I was just freaking out. My dad didn't really care. He wasn't really present when I was in school. He's only really become present the past year. Mm -hmm. um, he, he completely, he didn't make any mention of my head injury until a year ago. That's because of his um, new wife, I believe, which is good. Is your relationship getting better? I think so. Or I existing? So. <laughs> I think it only just started to exist. I think I've talked to my dad more in this past year than I ever did in school. Um, so a year from now, you have a fuller relationship with your dad? Yeah, I hope so. Do you... Um, do you feel an absence of, of your father and um, your personality because he wasn't present? I think there's a lot of, like, I've thought I've forgiven, but I've obviously not forgotten, like, what's happened in the past. And it's definitely something that's, like, hard for me to go, like, just overlook. And it's like he's trying to build a relationship. And I'm like, okay, but like you weren't there for this long. You can't just come at me like this right now. You can't just like be the warm father figure that I wanted when I was a kid and you weren't there now. I imagine that's kind of disorienting. And if you have memory and trust issues, it's kind of like, wait, which reality are we in? Exactly. I just, I, I definitely do have memory issues. I like to think that I don't. I'm just like, oh, sometimes I'm forgetful, but like I do have memory issues. And I remember like one day specifically, like the entire day, I couldn't remember my brother's face or name for the life of me. And someone asked me, I was like, I don't have a brother. And they're just like, what? I was just like, I don't have a brother. Like, what are you talking about? Who is that? And 
I couldn't, and then he started freaking. I was like, I have a brother. Like, why can't I remember this? Why don't I see his face? Like, why don't I have any memories with him? What type of anger is it? What is it? What does it feel like to be like, fuck you for not being around? Well, a lot of it was like, like my parents should have gone divorced when I was a kid. And like, we knew it and we knew they should have been together. We knew it was a bad marriage and we knew that's not what love was supposed to be. That's not what a marriage is supposed to look like. Me and my brother knew that from very young, but it's still like, it like, I don't want, I was in one relationship and towards the end it became very verbally and emotionally abusive on it. And he turned out to have a lot of respects to like my father. And I was just like, oh God. <laughs> So that scared, that scared me a lot. That was like my first relationship. And I was just like, oh, and I really screwed the pooch there. Didn't <laughs> but so a year from now, you're in a relationship. Can you give me an attribute or a description or something of the type of person you would like to be with? I feel like when I've been with, like, when I've dated guys, I always notice, like, if they're very um, passionate about, like, what they did or something certain, which was always, like, very nice. I like to learn from people. Too. I like to listen and, like, hear all this stuff. I have a bunch of friends that do, like, coding. No idea what they're saying, but it's just fun to hear them talk about it. Um, the sun has set. Um... We went for a good hour. Oh, wow. One last question. How come your dad didn't uh, ever talk about your brain injury? I have no idea. I have honestly no idea. Let's jump a year into the future, see how Laura's headaches, issues with her dad turned out. Jumping into the future is wonderful. It's time travel. We like that. I haven't think about time travel, and it's, I don't think it's just the curiosity. It is interesting what will things be like, what were things actually like, but mostly you're a visitor, you know? It's not your life. It's not your world. I wonder if there's anything to that. I don't know. But let's return to our, our world and see how Laura fared. All right. I'm good. Are, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Cool. So you're recording a voice memo. Oh, give me one second. My recording is messing up. No, for some reason, my microphone just cut out. Is that yeah, now it's working. I think you were my first interview for this project. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. yeah, I forget what happened, like, when it was, because so much, so much happened in October of last year. A lot did. She moved from New York City to California, then came back. A lot of medical insurance dancing going around. Let's start with the medical developments. Did you have any medical outcomes that that were 
satisfying or helpful? Kind of. It's one of those things where it's like, it's a double-edged sword with everything medical. She started a drug called Amavig. Amavig helps with the pain, but I feel like my functions decreased. It's like I'm still foggy sometimes. While the pain decreased. And she got off the drug. I really wanted to get off this drug that was an antidepressant. And I had some really bad effects. I had like a stutter. I was having hallucinations. I was just completely out of my mind on this drug. And I, it took like four months to get off of it after begging to get off of it for months. Mm. And it's something I'll never go back on. But she was in a lot of pain. Something's wrong, like I can't eat, I can't walk, like I'm in so much pain, I help. Like, and she was like, uh, you should try some therapy. Therapy? We all like that, right? I tried doing like one of those online health things and they hooked me up with someone in like Louisiana and she's like, I can't help you, like I'm not certified to help you in New York. When I grew up, anxiety was often dismissed, but now, ironically, it can be used to dismiss other things. It was kind of just like, oh, you just have a lot of anxiety. Oh, this is anxiety, this isn't good, <laughs> like we need to like figure out why do you have this anxiety? And it's like, well, I have anxiety because I have chronic pain. There's a certain level of anxiety that will always exist and it's very normal. Her therapist didn't really understand what to do with her anxiety, or what was anxiety anxiety, and what was just chronic pain anxiety. <laughs> and I remember I was just like, I was so stressed doing therapy. And then when I finally quit, after like four months, it was like an entire wave of relief washed over me. <laughs> Not that I'm against therapy, but Laura pointed out that we're in kind of a strange moment with the cultural understanding of therapy. I feel like with today's like whole mental health and like everyone needs therapy kind of idea in the air, it's just kind of like really annoying. <laughs> the real problem was Laura needed specific help for her specific injury. Uh, yeah, well, then I did find pain management therapy, which helped a lot more, which was great. It's like you have to find the one that works for you and that is like meant for you. Some of it's practical, whether you're like worksheets and you have like a pain journal. Sounds kind of badass. But it also focuses on reframing your life and the pain and how it works together. I think I spent so many years being like, when is this going to be over with? Let me just try to ignore it. Let me just try to push through it. And that's that. that's what it was. That's what my pain therapy really talked to me about was that we have a baseline and when our pain starts getting to closer and closer to our baseline of pain management, we need to start bringing it down. And all I was doing was pushing my pain mm. to as far as I could go until I couldn't move. And it's like trying to take a break and humble yourself and being like, it doesn't control me. The pain doesn't control me, but it's going to... <sighs> hilter me from things I want to get done later today. So let me take 20 minutes to let it calm down and let me slowly get back into it after. 
I mean, I've said, like, the pain has gone down with the new medication I'm on. Is it still there? Yeah. Do I still have really bad days? Yeah. Is it a little bit easier? Yeah. During our follow-up, Laura brought up her boyfriend a couple times. Were you dating anyone when we talked? Where'd this boyfriend come out of? Because we were talking, at one point, you were describing the type of person you'd like to be with. Were you dating someone when we talked? Or it's it's kind of funny. So my current boyfriend, um, he was a Tinder match from like 2018 or something. They were online friends and he reached out to finally meet in person. But Laura was just about to leave the city, move to California. And then on the final day that we thought was like the last day we'd see each other for a year, we said goodbye. I kind of wistful goodbye. Very cute. Like... But then the next day her car broke down. <laughs> and he put her up for a week in New Jersey before she could complete the journey. But that means she knew him when I asked her about what she was looking for in a person. Well, when you were like describing the type of person you'd like to be with, was he in the back of your head at all? I think so. What was cool about meeting him and seeing him was a lot of like, I know you from the internet, but I don't know who you are. And I don't know like the bad things. And I want to see the things that you don't like see on like a social media site. And it was just like slowly and slowly it was like, oh, like everything about you is just like better and better as <laughs> real as it gets more and more. Uh... It's been great. A lot of stuff has happened since then. But no, yeah, meeting him was someone who's always like existed but far away and I never met him. And then like he appeared and we're just like, oh, this is like awesome. <laughs> There's always coming from like having a traumatic relationship with, you know, like my father and like other men in the past it's always kind of like in your mind, get ready because this could happen again. But it's it's one of those things where it happens when you're alone and then when I'm back with him, it's nothing that exists because I know that's not who he is or who he could be. There's a phrase in addiction circles, it's not the load, but how you carry it. Laura changed how she thought of her pain and respected it and herself enough to look at it straight on. Her dad didn't look at it straight on, and that was a problem. Mel Bork is if you spell problem backwards. <laughs> and Mel Bork doesn't make much sense. You have to look at it straight on for it to make sense. Did I just end this with a red rum <laughs> thing? Can't believe it's been a year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. Did we miss anything? No, I think that's it. Yeah, that's a lot. It's been a good year. I'm, now I'm starting over again a year later. Um, but I'm excited. Why? Why, oh, why? 
I don't you love okay thank you that is from Dawview a YouTube experimental music thing that I'm part of uh, you can find links to it in the notes we don't even talk no Please support the show if you can. Link in show notes. I would like for the next batch to get made, but we have to hit the target number first. So please find us. And isn't that relaxing? Ah, <sighs> feels good. Okay, thank you. I'll see you next year.